Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. Has anyone ever questioned you whether the Bible is truly the Word of God? Open your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And again, if you drop down to John chapter 8, verse 47, He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. In this section of scripture, Jesus is discussing the truth with some Jewish followers who conclude he has a demon for they did not comprehend what he was trying to tell them. They were hearing conflicting messages. They were hearing what Jesus was saying and what the teaching of the men of the time were telling them. Sounds to me like not much has changed even after some 2,000 years. I mean, consider, a little over 700 years ago, everybody thought the earth was flat. A little over 600 years ago, the smartest people in the world said the sun revolved around the earth. A little over 40 years ago, people swore the 8-track tape was here to stay. 19 years ago, secure cockpit doors on airplanes were not a necessity. And my favorite, a little over a decade ago, Pluto was still thought to be a planet. A couple years ago, the smartest man on the planet said there is no God and the Bible is just a fairy tale. Is it any wonder that people question whether the Bible is truly the Word of God? with so many conflicting messages. With that question in mind, I decided to take a look at this and see for myself whether I could prove in my own mind the Bible is truly the Word of God. First thing I did was looked at the internal evidence. The Bible as a book has a consistent theme Yet, it was written by around 40 different people over 16 centuries. 1600 years, the same theme of redemption in Jesus is found throughout. Consider what has changed over 1600 years. Our laws in this country certainly have changed. Court decisions changed. Even our history books have changed. Yet over that same 16th century, the theme of this one book did not change. Consistent teachings are also an internal evidence. There are no contradictions in teaching suggest that there is one author, as the Bible tells us there is. There is also the historical accuracy. Historical records and archaeology confirm the Bible record. 
By 1940, 43 kings from the Bible had been confirmed, such as Sennacherib. If you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 13. Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and seized them. And if you look at 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 32 through 37, Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He will not come to this city or shoot an arrow there, and he will not come before it with a shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, by the same he will return, and he shall not come to this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then it happened that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men rose early in the morning, behold, all of them were dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived at Nineveh. And it came about as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch his god, that Adramalek and Sherezer killed him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esarhaddon his son became king in his place. Archaeology tells us that Hittites were found in Turkey. It also discovered Hezekiah's tunnel. That was found in 1880. You know, the tunnel in Second Chronicles 32 and 30. It was Hezekiah who stopped the upper outlet of the waters of Gihon and directed them to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all that he did. Prophecy also confirms the Bible. In Deuteronomy 28, verses 49 through 68, we are told of the Jews' suffering. In Isaiah chapter 13, verses 19 through 22, we are told of Babylon. In Babylon, the beauty of kingdoms, the glory of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It will never be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. Nor will the Arab pitch his tent there. Nor will shepherds make their flocks lie down there. But desert creatures will lie down there, and their houses will be full of vows. Ostriches also will live there, and shaggy goats will frolic there. Hyenas will howl in their fortified towers, and jackals in their luxurious palaces. Her faithful time also will soon come, and her days will not be prolonged. Prophecy also told us about Tyre in Isaiah 23, verses 13 through 18, and Ezekiel 26. If you turn with me there, Ezekiel 26, verses 3 to 5. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and I will bring up many nations against you. As the sea brings up its waves, they will destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers, and I will scrape her debris from her and make her a bare rock. She will be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, declares the Lord of God, and she will become spoil for the nations. 
we can see by history that that did happen. We are also told of prophecies of Cyrus in Isaiah chapter 44. We are told of apostasy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And we're told of the man of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Prophecy indeed confirms the Bible, as most of these things happen just as the Bible said. And then we have the scientific accuracy. I went to college for computer science, so logic and science were very important to me. And when I started studying the Bible, I looked at it through a scientific lens. The thing about science is that in order for something to be scientific, it must be observable and repeatable, and thus principles can be developed from those observations that are repeated. Most assume the Bible is not accurate to today's scientific knowledge, but that's not necessarily true. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, God talks of the seed of a woman. He was going to put enmity between the serpent seed and the woman's seed. Yet until the late 1700s, man thought that only a man had the seed, not the woman. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22 verse 17. God is talking to Abraham. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sands which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. Oftentimes in the Bible, stars and the sand are used to illustrate a vast number which can't be counted. Clearly, the sand and the sea and the stars in the universe cannot be counted exactly by humans, though of course they can be roughly estimated. I found this very interesting. The number of both the stars and the sand come out to the same magnitude, 10 to the 22nd power, or 10 billion trillion, give or take a factor of 10 or so. Job 26 and 7 says he stretches out the north over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. Hangs the earth on nothing? Up until very recently, it was thought the earth was on some sort of axis, hanging from a thread, so to speak, on something. Psalms 8 and 8 talks of the sea currents. Proverbs 8 and 27 and Isaiah 40 verse 22 talk of the earth being round. The Bible teaches that the universe obeys physical laws. The ordinances of heaven and earth in Jeremiah 33 verse 25. The universe is neither haphazard nor arbitrary. Nature conforms to logical mathematical relationships set in place by the Lord. Isaiah 40 and 22 teaches that God stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. This would suggest that the universe has actually increased in size since its creation. In other words, God has stretched it. 
In the 1920s, astronomers discovered that virtually all clusters of galaxies appear to be moving away from all other clusters. This indicates that the entire universe is expanding, just as it says in Isaiah chapter 40. And then we have the evolution argument. The problem with evolution is that it violates the scientific law of entropy. Evolutionary theory claims that organisms get better ordered over time. Yet the second law of thermodynamics holds that entropy increases, that is, systems over time become more disordered. Therefore, both evolutionary theory and the second law of thermodynamics, entropy, cannot both be correct. Consider, if you will, the power of this book we call the Bible. First, there's the influence. It's the world's bestseller. It guided our fathers of this country to give them enough courage to take on this great experiment. It has a greater variety of peoples than any other religion. The Bible has been indestructible. It survived external attacks, Roman emperors and atheists, and internal attacks, Catholicism, modernists. All of these attacks have been overcome time and time again, and the Bible still exists today. Surely, no one could expect man alone to produce such a book. No other book in all the world or from all the ages is even remotely comparable. Then, is it not significant that its writers assert over and over and over again that what they wrote came from God? Something like 4,000 times in various ways appears the assertion that these are the words of God himself. Is it possible that the writers of this, the greatest book of all ages, were fools, fanatics, or even liars? No. They were what they claimed to be, moved by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible is the word of the living God. There is one standard of ethics all through the word, the character of God himself. Sin in every form is ruthlessly condemned, nothing more so than the sin of hypocrisy and that of lying. Therefore, sinful, lying men could not, would not, have written it of their own will. Neither could good men, if there were such, have written it, because the writers claim that God wrote it, and good men would not lie. God alone could have given the Bible. Therefore, read it. Study it. Obey it constantly. If you would know and do the will of God, get into His Word. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, 
that which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.